Julia Robinson, welcome to Let's Talk. You are my first guest, and to be honest, it's honestly an honor to have you here. I'm so happy. I've been trying to figure out who's the best fit, who can I interview, who can I just sit down and just feel like myself with, and I thought this was perfect. There are so many things that I want to sit down and talk about, but firstly, I want you to introduce yourself, how we met, and the whole nine. All right. Well, first and foremost, I'm honored to be your first guest and that you feel so comfortable to bring me on. And Caitlin, I am ready to talk. So let's Beautiful. Do That's it. what we do here. That's what we do. And We're we ready. get deep. I'm you, ready. If you heard the, the season, you know we get deep. Did I hear it? I've already played it three times. <laughs> all right. So I'm definitely that. ready to get deep. So me and you met, I think, five years ago background. at FAU. We are hoot, hoot and owls. We are. Which I'm so happy to be. Yeah. And we actually met while I was rollerblading through the cafeteria to get a smoothie. And we kind of just locked eyes. He looked at me with that big Brooklyn accent and was like, what is your name and why don't I know you yet? You guys, just for context... I was in my school cafeteria and Julia was roller skating. Everybody's walking like normal people. Julia blading. Rollerblading. <laughs> oh my god, wait, you skating through. She was rollerblading and I was like, I need to know who this person is. Like she's one of a kind. So I went up to her and I'm like, hey, who are you? Like I need to just be your friend. This is iconic. So we kind of just went from there and it's been history. I'm so grateful that we still have this friendship and let's get into it. Me too. We're going to dive deep. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So, obviously, you guys know that we've been touching a lot on grief lately. Um, I just obviously had a big loss, and I've been talking a lot about my personal experience with grief, but I kind of wanted to talk about yours. It's a different different situation. So, you lost your mother when you were how old? I was just before I turned 10 years old, a couple of weeks before my 10th birthday. Okay. And... Did you have a good relationship with her? Was kind of like, what was the household situation yeah. like? Just your whole so, rundown. Let me give a, the audience or the listeners some context on my childhood and the whole situation Please. leading up. So I grew up with my, my mom and my dad down in South Florida, and she actually immigrated from Brazil when she was a teenager. She was 14 years old. Yeah. And for anyone out there who has a parent who's immigrated to the United States before, sometimes in that move, they lack education in the process. Okay. So my mom moved here in like the 80s and 90s. And if any of you have watched a Netflix documentary, which I'm sure Love you it. have, yeah. you know that South Florida in the 80s and 90s was a place to be. Place to be. Party. Party, party, Love party. It. And she got involved in nightlife and developed severe addiction problems. And as I grew up, she suffered from that greatly. And through that addiction, she developed some mental illnesses and was just in and out of my life. So my dad raised me for the majority of my life. And then in fifth grade, she had kind of just disappeared mm. at the time. Okay. And it wasn't abnormal for her to, you know, go MIA. I always, you know, she always came back. Okay. And we always shared special moments, whether it was meeting up with her at her favorite museum and, you know, her brushing my hair. Did it affect you that she would kind of come and go like that? Definitely. I mean, I'm a young girl, you know, all young girls want to have a relationship, you know, with their mom. And I had a great relationship with her. I mean, we loved each other so much and I mm -hmm. know she loved me so much, yeah. but it was hard, you know, not 
having her in that everyday capacity all the time. Did you know at that age that there was something wrong, that she needed help or that she was unwell? For sure. Okay. So so you were very on top of this at a young on age. On top of it, yeah. Interesting. My dad and her did not shelter me at all. So you knew everything. I knew everything that was going on. I knew her ups, her downs. And mm. because of that, I knew that when she was gone, something was up. Either mm. she was getting help and, you know, was getting substance help or she was just missing. Was there something different about the last time that she went missing that you guys were like, this is this is not like the usual going missing? Did you expect this time around to be something like as serious as like what happened? No. Okay. Because she had reached out to my dad in the weeks leading up and asked for help. Mm-hmm. And if anyone here knows about addiction, one of the ways they say to help someone through it is to not offer help because Mm -hmm. you're enabling that person to mess up again. They really need to make the change for themselves. And this was all right after the 2008 crash. Mm -hmm. And so my dad himself was kind of down and out, just like the whole of America. So he wasn't really in a position to be able to help her. And we had known that something had happened and we thought that, you know, she was in treatment and you know, mm-hmm. she would pop up and give us a call right. and want to see me. So what ended up happening? This time around, she didn't come back. And, like, how did you find out? Or what, what was the end result to that? Absolutely. So this was in 2009. I was in fourth or fifth grade, maybe. And she had gone missing. I got picked up from school one day from my dad. And I knew something was off. He was late to pick me up, which that wasn't the, like, odd thing. More that he had this energy about him. I I could tell he had been crying. I was very in-depth in his emotions, Mm -hmm. too. So I I knew there were some red flags being raised. He'd, like, come with my neighbor. Why is she here? What's going on? And we were crossing the street to get to his car. And finally, I had enough. I go, what's going on? What's what's the problem? Mm. And he looked at me and was... What said, I don't know if I should tell you this, but I have to. And, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, your stomach's in your I'm belly. I feel like, it right now because I know And that's I'm standing like... outside the restaurant, and he goes, your mom died. And I look at him. That's not a funny joke to say, mm-hmm. Dad. Mm-hmm. That's not funny. So he starts crying, and now it's like that, now you oh, know. shit moment. Like, this is real. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And, you know, I just dropped down to the ground crying. You know, you're 10. You think about your mom being gone. I mean, she had already kind of not been there, but it was now, well, wait, this this silence is forever. Do you remember him, like, more? Like, you dropped down and, like, in that moment, do you remember really how you felt? Like, was it, like, a sense of, like, should I have done more? Was it a sense of just, like, yeah, everything's, like, taken out of you? Like, what was, like, that feeling like Almost... hearing that? Almost like when you fall, maybe when you're ice skating or skiing, and you just, you have that moment where you fall and your whole breath just leaves your body. Mm. It was more shock Mm. than anything. Mm. I think also, too, because I was so young, I wasn't even processing it in that almost super deep sense in that moment. Mm. It was just more like, holy moly, this person's gone now. My Mm. mom is gone. You know, person who grew me in her belly and birthed me and brushed my hair and told me she loved me and gave me back scratches. You know, this person's not there anymore. 
So what did that next two weeks to a month, like that first initial stepping into this new life with no mother look like for you? What was the changes? Was there a funeral? Yeah. So obviously listening and knowing your story personally and having my own loss in that nuclear family. So for people who don't don't know the term nuclear family, it's basically your inner circle. So for you, you know, your siblings, your parents, a boyfriend, a partner. So losing someone like my mom, obviously that's a significant change. Being that she already wasn't in my life on that full-time basis, it wasn't in the same sense of you as where I woke up one day and this person was gone, gotcha. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were now gone forever, but it wasn't like I went home that night and her belongings were there. However, those two weeks did, still didn't mean that I did it more. So the first week was definitely more emotional. I was crying a lot, you know, just trying to process everything And then the second week for me, being surrounded with my family and just knowing a lot about how my mom suffered from, you know, her mental illness and just her life and everything, you know, there was also this sense of relief for her because she wasn't struggling anymore. You know, it's like she's at peace now. She was at peace. And I knew she, she believed in God and so do I, and she believed in heaven. And I know they say that typically, um, suicide because my mom did kill herself you know doesn't allow you to go to heaven but in the god that i believe in and who i pray to and the universe that i believe exist you know i know that she's there because she was just such an amazing person i mean she's the type of person she'd give you the shirt off her back Mm. i mean when i get christmas presents she would bag up all my old toys Mm. and go give them out to kids who are underprivileged i really want to like kind of just like get an understanding because i think for like me with francesco cancer took him now your mother made the choice so do you feel like like what's that like knowing that this person that you love so much chose to not be here any longer like what did you i feel like that hits differently a hundred percent a hundred percent everyone is struggling in life and it's super painful to be a bystander in the wake of suicide and reflecting on her decision of what she did you know it's hard i found forgiveness in my heart for her and have chosen to forgive her for that and only pray for her and the best you know how did you choose forgiveness like how did you find that in yourself Reflection, age, maturity. Okay, took some time. It definitely took some time. I I think at 10 years old, even though I, again, I wasn't naive to everything. I mean, I was definitely more naive to the world than I am today, obviously. But I, I knew what had happened. There was news articles that came out. You know, I read eyewitness statements. And, you know, I felt for those people that were, like, there in the moment who saw things happen the way it happened. And... You know, at the end of the day, she's also my mom. So it comes down to, am I going to live the rest of my life angry at this person? Or am I going to understand that they were put in a bad spot and she felt like she had no choice? But did it start with anger? Like, was that your first initial feeling? Yeah. Confusion towards the world, too, and just confusion about the whole situation. Mm. I wish that... She would have reached out. I know that 
from what some of my family was telling me that she had felt, you know, I had everything I needed. I had my dad who took care of me. I had a great family, her, her family, my dad's family. And I don't think she felt maybe needed for my sake to be here. Now, was that true? No. You know, I wish she would have stayed, not just for me, but for herself, for her family, for her nieces, her nephews, her brother, her mom. Yeah. But what she suffered from, you know, she was bipolar and schizophrenic at the end. And so she was dealing with a type of mental illness that is so severe it was almost, I knew that in her heart, I feel like she felt she had no other choice. Right. You know? Mm. Do you feel like anybody could have gave her another choice? Or do you think it comes from within? Like, there's nothing you could do for somebody in that kind of state of being? You know, it's hard. I'm, I'm obviously not a mental health professional. You know, in my personal opinion, could she have been consistent with medication? You know, would that have changed things? Maybe. If she felt maybe she had help, maybe. But my mom had suffered from this for many years. And it wasn't her first attempt. And, you know, I don't think she wanted to live in, like, an institution. It's not, I think, what she wanted in her life. Mm. And that was the choice she took. Okay. So you guys had a funeral? Or? Um, We did. So um, we had a memorial. She was cremated, and I do remember that. It was very busy. A lot of people came because she did touch a lot of lives. You know, like I said, she was a really, really good person, and she really cared for others. I think that's where I get my qualities from. Yes. So we did have a memorial for her at one of her... When you went. Of course. At one of her churches we used to go to all the time. She was very religious and very in doubt in Christianity. So we did it at one of her Brazilian churches, And I just remember, you know, obviously this was almost not, you know, 15 years ago now, but I remember being in this church packed with people, listening to her coworkers, her friends, her family go up and speaking about her and just feeling so touched and feeling her Mm. in the room and hearing these positive memories of her and how good of a person she was. I mean, it, it felt my soul. Mm. Like, it filled my soul up, mm. I should say. So they brought me up on the stage last. Um, I was very talkative, just like I am yeah. now, today. And I was prepared. The whole time I'm sitting there, thinking, You're ready you know, to go. what do I want to say yeah. about my mom? Obviously, that I love her. I'll never forget, I got lifted up onto the stage by my uncle. And he was standing right next to me. And I'm looking out into the sea of people, and I can just see all of their faces full of sorrow, shock, love, sympathy, empathy. Like while you're looking out at everybody. In the sea of people. And I just cried. Mm. And they weren't necessarily tears of pain as much as they were tears of I don't want to say positivity or anything like that, but more like of love. Just feeling the amount of love in the room brought me to tears. And I feel like me crying was a way of saying, I miss her too, and I love you all for being here and saying these things. Do you think that having so many people there really helped? Like, whereas if it was like less people would feel more empty for you? I think 
the amount of people it, it having seeing the amount of people that were there mm. was super impactful mm. versus just having a few people so being mm. able to see how many lives she touched showed me that she was so much bigger than just my reality she was not just my mom right you know right she was my mom she was a friend she was a sister she was an aunt she was a co-worker she mm. was maybe a, a nice stranger she was a fellow church person mm. so seeing how she connected in this bigger community showed me that a i'm not alone in this but also wow look look what she's done for me there were so many people at francesco's funeral as well and wake and i felt like wow like i felt the same way like so there's so many of us and there's so many people around and everybody comes up to you and they say like i'm here for you and then like as the weeks go as the days goes like slowly everybody starts going away and they go back to their normal lives and you're kind of just like felt like where is everybody it's like but you know like you get it it's like well i know where everybody is they're back to their lives but it's like did you feel that as well like, or is it just me? Like, did you feel like there was people coming up to you and saying, like, we're always here, and then it's just, like, they're gone? Or, like, you could call them, but it's, like, you, almost like you feel like a burden. Like, do I call people for help? Like, does that kind of make sense? I totally see your perspective, and I would say that I agree. Sometimes it can be overwhelming when there's a lot of people saying things. Mm -hmm. And for others, too, it's almost a way to comfort some like yourself in that situation to say, I'm always going to be here for you, knowing mm. that you put that out there. Mm. I would say in the case of my mom and in her perspective and at her memorial, I'm sure that my dad probably felt that way. You know, I was 10, so gotcha. people are coming up to me, yeah, you know, sure. I'm always here for you. Sure. And things like that. But sure. life definitely moves forward. And people go back to their own realities. I mean, it's just, it is, it's life. You know, yeah. we're all living almost in our own world. Yeah. And have our own problems and things that come up on a day-to-day. -day. I will say that for me, where I found a lot of comfort was in my friends' families and in my own family. They were definitely there for mm. me. But, you know, when the summer came and... You know, my aunt picked me up and I spent the summer at their house. That was their way of being there for me. But, you know, we never, we didn't really start getting in depth in the term, in the death of my mom until I got older and mm. I started to ask questions and I really started to reach out because I wanted to know more. Right, right. And again, maybe that's just because of the age of the loss and where, where I was in the timeline of my life. They say that, like, death can either like bring people together or like tear them apart 100 percent. what do you think was that situation with you and your family brought us together okay. i mean we still have family drama it's a of family course. you of know course. there's always there's always the next big obstacle True. to come over you know but especially like in that years. time definitely brought us closer okay yeah definitely brought us closer wow i just like i'm just thinking so now you have this new dynamic your mom's gone and now it's just you and your dad and I know that you said that, like, you were almost, like, accustomed to that because your mom would kind of come and go. But now knowing, stepping into this new world and knowing she's never going to come, what's that like for you and your dad? Like, what did that household look like? Well, for him, it definitely rapidly changed because that was his life partner. Yeah. You know, they weren't married or maybe, you know, full in love, notebook style. Yeah. But he still loved her, 
You know, they had a baby together. They had me. I'm their only child. So for him, his life radically changed because he felt his partner in life Mm. was missing. The Mm. person that was supposed to be there at my graduations, my weddings. So it hit him way more deeply in the outward response than it did really for me. And again, I think it it all ties back down to age. Um, But our life shifted during that time because it really became true that it was me and him against the world. And that's what we'd always say to Mm. each other. It's me and you against the world. Wow. And it felt like that. It really did. I feel like as like a young girl, like not having that woman figure in your life, you have like this man. So it's like, maybe this is a personal question, but like when you got your period or like, who would you go to? Like, you don't have your mom to say like, ma, like this just happened. Like, or you have tampons in the house or pads or whatever it is. Like, are you hiding them? Cause it's like your dad, like, what was that like? Or was it very open? So my life definitely changed in that aspect. Yeah. My dad is a dad, a dude. Yeah. So he definitely does not know a lot about periods. Yeah. I was so blessed in mm. everything that happened to me that my friends, moms, mm stood all the way up so my best friend Pamela and her mom Sandra when I was in middle school kind of took me in Mm. under their wing it was her her sister and her mom and I basically lived with them and so thank god when I got my period I was at their house and her mom gave me the birds and the bees wow my first pad wow so I was so lucky to have them support and the God, the universe, they brought me in. They brought them into my life. That was the womanhood that I needed, you know? Support is everything. Everything. And I'm such a believer, and it takes a village to raise a child and raise a community. And they were, she was the first major motherly figure in an everyday basis that came into my village from that point. Do you feel like, like, for your grieving, because you were so young, so yeah. at such an interesting age, like, what do you feel like, what was like your overall, like when you look back at your life at that age, what, how do you, like, what, how would you say you were like kind of navigating? Like, was the first couple of months, like that first year, like, were you like almost like maybe like at school and like with friends and they're talking about what their, their and their moms are doing together? Like, you know, like, did you feel that loss in that way? Like, how are you feeling those losses? Like, where would it be yeah. coming from? Because for me, like with Francesco, like, I'll be at a grocery store. Maybe there's a couple there. And I'm like, whoa, like that's triggering. You know, like maybe for you, it was like seeing your friends getting picked up by their mom or. Exactly that. I mean, watching someone and their mom interact, especially in a loving way, you miss that. You know, seeing a mom put their arm over their child, pet their head. Hmm. You miss those touches. You know, there was definitely a point in that middle adolescence age where you miss that motherly touch. It's such a real thing to be touched by your mom and, and feel that so connection. And it's so interesting too because you are so like, you're so comforting and like you touch and like that's like your love language. And I, it's just interesting because you didn't really have that growing up. So I'm wondering like where that came from. Do you feel like you embodied like? I think that's exactly what it is. I took what I was missing and started to fill those gaps in Mm. the best way I could for me. Mm. And in terms of school, you know, coming back from losing my mom, you know, my teacher had been notified and I was very open about it. I've always been very open about my life. And 
I kind of came back and I was definitely a little bit of an outcast. People know my mom had died. Mm. You know, I had told people. So you felt like people were treating you. They were definitely avoiding the mom subject. Really? Like walking on eggshells? At that age, for sure. Especially my close friends. They didn't want to see me upset. I remember I got cards from my group of girlfriends. They all had the whole class make me cards. Wow. And I came back and they were all there. So. I was very blessed to be in a very loving environment at that age and with a group of peers that could empathize with me and be there and not make it super awkward and weird, but... So time has gone by. You're now 24 years old. So this is 14 years ago. Yes. Does it feel like 14 years ago? Like, I feel like for me, like, it's been a year and it feels like it was like yesterday. And I know yours is like a tremendous amount of time difference, but like, just... So I remember the moment, I remember highlights of that time, crystal clear, you know, the pain of her missing is always there. You know, you can't forget someone who means so much to you. You can't forget that she died or that she's not here. You know, I think about moments she's missed me graduating college. You know, I wish she could have been there. Yeah. You know, me graduating high school, I wish she could have been there. Me turning 21, me turning 18, me getting my first big girl job. I wish she was here for those things. I know there's so many future events I wish she was there. But in terms of how long ago that, the pain has evolved, I guess I should say. Mm. It's not as knock the the wind out of my lungs right. anymore as it was now it's more of a longing mm. yeah i feel like oh, this is so sad to say too but i've known there's a couple of people that i know in my life that lost their mother and it's almost it feels like it's this is like a lot of people are in your position and i guess like my question to you is like do you have advice for people like that like for people like you that like have this loss well The best advice I can give to anybody is the advice I gave to myself when I was younger and as I grow older. How I deal with my loss is I try to hold on to the positive memories of her. Mm -hmm. I honor all of the mistakes she made to try and not make those myself. Yeah. You know, I I do pray to her. Mm. I like to talk to her here and there, update her. Not often, right, but of sometimes. Course, of course. But more, the, I think the biggest overall thing I could say is I try to cherish all of the memories I have and not focus on the fact that she's missing things. You yeah, know? Yeah. I just try to focus and be happy for what I've had and what I've gotten mm. and be grateful for her, for her giving life to me yeah. and bringing me to this earth and instilling amazing values in me when I was younger and blessing me with her genetics. So I really try to just really focus on all of the time I did get with her mm. and not focus on all of the time that I've lost. Cause obviously one's a lot bigger than the other. I'm just trying to like imagine for a second this dynamic because I grew up with just me and my mom. And I feel like, again, like having that, that woman is just so comforting. It was just you and your father. And we spoke about how, like, with certain things, you guys were open in the pads and stuff like that, and you had that support. But can I get some more context of what it's like? Because I know you're not the only person that just lives with their father. Like, what was that like? Just so curious. 
Well, it definitely made me a guy's girl, for uh-huh. sure. I mean... Uh-huh. Like a tomboy? Oh, 100%. Okay. I mean, I grew up... You should see my legs outside of the pants. They are <laughs> full of asphalt scarring from roller, learning how to rollerblade, mm. playing frisbee. You know, my dad made... You know, my dad is just a dude. Yeah. So it, it was just a different environment yeah. than growing up with a lady. I also didn't have to deal with period anger from someone else true true there's the pros yeah you know dads can be definitely more protective thankfully you know i had a cool dad you know he let me live my life and really grow as an individual which was great what about the holidays so the holidays were interesting you know being that my parents were divorced it wasn't like we had these kumbaya perfect Mm. you know Mm -hmm. home garden holidays all together at a beautiful table it Mm -hmm. just wasn't like that you know we'd spend some with my mom's family i spent a lot of holidays with my dad's family uh surprisingly after she passed i continually spent a lot of my holidays with my dad's family it was just something that was already in stone prior to i know it's been so long but do you ever just, like, randomly get, like, flashback memories of you and your mom? And if so, do you have one to share? So, there's two actions mm-hmm. that will trigger a memory for me. Okay. Maybe three. Okay. So, the first one is so crazy. Down this road that I work on, it's like a major road, there's this Brazilian plaza where my uncle's wife and used to work and there's this restaurant brazilian restaurant there that we used to always eat at and after she passed away i never went there mm. you know it's kind of like my lost connection right. to the brazilian food i'm like no yeah. and one day i was driving to work and i just looked over and all of a sudden all these flashback. memories flash back to me so me and my uncle will meet there and we'll get food and it always brings back like that homely feeling Again, this happened so many years ago, and unlike I you, I don't have a ton of, like, videos right. or pictures yeah. with her. I have very little f- tangible memories. Mm. So, for me, it's more of a feeling I get than it is, like, a vivid memory. The other times I get these memories or feelings is when someone brushes my hair. Mm. It actually takes me back to one of my last memories I have of her, which was sitting at a Um, this park we used to love to go to and I'm on her lap and she's brushing my hair and I just remember that sense of like security Mm. you get you know I'm sure here everyone has had their mom brush their hair once or twice especially as a girl Mm. with long hair I mean if your mom hasn't brushed your hair give it a shot I promise it'll still feel good (laughs) even at this age I think definitely um but getting my hair brushed kind of brings back that same feeling brings that memory back up I got to give you a little credit, and I don't even know if you gave yourself enough credit. So what you're telling me, I want to make sure I'm understanding, everything that your mother gave you and that you weren't able to get anymore because she was gone, you gave to yourself. How did you find a strength? I mean, this is this is not easy things to do. So my life has always been do or die. Hmm. There is no safety net. There is no backup plan. So you're living on survival mode. Survival mode, yes, but not in the sense of where I'm living to survive, you okay. know? Okay. Like, I live to live. Okay. But at that age, it was survival mode, you know? Absolutely. I was young. I mean, I wanted to finish school. My dad was very serious about school and getting up and going and doing that, you know? 
we were sur- we were definitely in survival mode. Especially in the time frame it happened, like in 2008, again, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to financial crisis, cool. but for people who went through that, I mean, if you were on the wrong side of that, I mean, it was devastating, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it was definitely a do or die mentality. It was, you know, I need to get through life. I need to find happiness. Like, I need to be comforted. I need to be successful. So, yeah, definitely survival mode, going back to that. Do you feel like when you go to people's houses, like your friends, I mean, I feel like even when you come to my house, like you love my mom. And oh, do you, for sure. Are you just like, mom, it's like, I want to know you. I want to hug you. Like, I just want what I didn't have. Oh, for sure. I'm. A, don't bring me near your mother. <laughs> I will steal her. I will befriend her and befriend you. For sure. I love moms. I love being close with my friends' moms. I love feeling like I have them in my corner. And I'm so blessed to have multiple of my friends' moms who I love, you know. I feel like there's two ways that can go. It's either you lose your mom and you just love moms. You're like, I just want to be around as many moms as I can. Or you're like, don't put me in the same room with a mom. I don't want to see it. It hurts. And I'm wondering, like, because this came natural to you, do you have any advice for maybe somebody that's having a hard time facing these triggers? Yes. It's not healthy to reflect anger that you have for a person onto another person, nonetheless, a whole subgroup of people. Mm. Even though there was a time where I was angry with my mom and the decision she made, I found a way to forgive that and forgive everyone in the process. Yeah. You know? So my advice to as someone who's struggling to face. face it, someone else's mom didn't hurt. Like, mm. your mom didn't mm-hmm. hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, your mom's your mom. Now, mm-hmm. she might hurt you, but right. she's never hurt me. Right. So for me, I only have love for people. And I knew that, I know that my mom would only want me to have love in my heart. You know, again, mm. I, going back to being that she was very religious, mm. you know. God doesn't love when hates in your heart. You know, God built us to love. My situation is so fresh. And I feel like when people are talking about cancer and I love hearing from your point of view because I like to, I want to see what it's like to be healed or like, you know, come a really long way and have that time for me right now. Like if I'm, if I I'm on TikTok and I see a video of somebody with cancer, I'm just like my heart. Like I, I hate the word cancer. Like the whole idea of like any hospital that's a cancer hospital, it freaks me out. And so for you, when you hear, you know, a suicide story or something like that, does that trigger you? Just the idea of it? You know, it breaks my heart. I know. It absolutely, it breaks my heart. And I hope that anybody who is contemplating suicide seeks help. Really, I really do. Because I don't think suicide is the answer at all. And I don't think that it was necessarily my mom's answer. But again, I felt like she was in a, she was in a position of no choice, obviously. You know, mm. she made the choice. Like she, you know, made that decision. But when I hear about people who commit suicide, especially like at a young age, you know, she was 34, but I know people who she have sure. done that even earlier. Yeah. And it I mean it crushes my soul. It hurts me so much. But Obviously, like, the Just idea like of you. suicide is, even for me, but do you feel like more for you because of? Yeah. Okay. It does. I mean, I... It anger... 
it saddens me for them and their family. Like, I sympathize with the family so much. And I wish I was a superhero Mm -hmm. and I could conquer all. Mm -hmm. And I could tell every single person, you deserve to be here. You deserve to live. You have the strength to fight. You have everything within you to succeed. But I'm... I can only do so much as a person. So my message to anybody listening is if you always never be afraid to tell somebody something nice because you never know who needs to hear something. Sometimes that's all it takes. You know, looking back now, you know, and I guess my question to you, is there a way that people can maybe catch on to because sometimes people don't like to talk and you never really don't know what people are going through maybe you didn't even know like I think you said that you didn't know that your mother well did you even know that your mother was thinking that that was even like a possibility I knew with her condition it was a risk so it's different okay so yeah okay so just like when you're sick with an illness there's a risk of death well with some, some mental illnesses there's a heavy risk of suicide you know, it's like an adverse side effect, mm. unfortunately. So I, I, we knew as a family that there was a possibility that that would be the outcome of her future. Do you have any regrets? No regrets. I mean, okay. there's things I wish that I had. Again, going back to like the pictures and videos, you know, I wish I had more of those things, but no regrets. You know, I'm ha- I can't go back and change no. the past. Is there anything in your house that you have of hers that you keep? Just photos of us, really. I don't really have too many of her belongings. Actually, I take that back. I have her passport when she was pregnant with me. Wow. I love it. It's one of my cherished possessions. Love. And I have a necklace that she actually used to wear. Do you ever, like, wear the necklace or check the passport? I used to all the time. Okay. Now it's kind of in my safe box. Okay. And the passport, yeah, I mean, I brought it to work before to show off because I like, she's really pretty. Beautiful. I I like to show people. Yes. Um, I love that. But, no, I don't just open it, you know. If I see it, I will, but. I'm just so amazed by everything that you've been through. And, like, you really, like, allowed it to just build you in such a beautiful person. Thank you so much. I just really, I just hope that you're just a motivation because we all have our things that we're going through. And sometimes, like, you have two choices. Either you're going to... Get hit and over the head with something serious and you're going to let it destroy you and you're going to be, you're going to just use it as, as an excuse to be not a good person. You're like, screw 100%. it. Or you're going to say, Hey, I went through a lot and like, I'm going to, I'm going to make something out of this. I want to be good. Like I want to do good, do better. And like, just, it, it really builds you. And I'm just so, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud, I'm so proud of you, of you too. So proud of you. But I completely agree with you. And just for the record, the way I dealt with my loss, it's different for everybody. There are people who do get knocked over the head and they get destroyed. They get burnt down. I think everyone kind of gets burnt down to a certain level when you experience a loss. The path to rise up is different for everybody, mm. every single person. But ultimately, it comes down to, you're right, making a decision. You're either going to live in the ash, in the ashes, mm. or you're going to grow anew and rise above. And, you know, Amazing. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story about your mom. You're so brave. And I just, I know that you're so vocal and like you're very open about talking about it. Do you, do you feel like that itself has helped you comprehend everything? So powerful. I own every everything obstacle in my life, every hardship, every struggle. I own it. I'm not ashamed of anything that has happened to me. Okay. And I feel so grateful to be be here and be able to share my so grief experience and my loss. And hopefully the way I perceived it helps someone out there oh, it will. or adds to the conversation. And also being able to talk about it in a mature professional like a mature outlook at an older age now has helped me tremendously and it has helped me growing up too so now we've talked about your personal experience now we're zooming out and we're zooming into nowadays present time 100 percent. so you went from being the person that dealt with a loss to being a best friend of somebody that had a loss what was that like from a best friend's point of view, first of all, for me and Francesco and just the whole experience? Well, first and foremost, shocking. You know, that's, I think, the initial emotion everywhere. When I had received the message from you, because I think you had, like, texted me, you know, Francesco passed away. You know, I'm, everything drops. Everything. You know, cue the glass of water shattering Gone. on the floor. Instant. Yeah. Instinctively, the first thing I thought of was, I got to get to New York. Hmm. Like, I got to be there. Especially because our friendship... Long distance. It's long distance. She lives in Florida, for yes. context. Uh, across the country. Yes. Same coast, Too at far. least. But I knew I needed to be, be physically there. there. So that was, like, mission number one. All right. When, when do I fly in? What made you feel like, I need to get there? Well, I mean... I know your whole story. I've, you know, known you at that point now for four years. So, and honestly, just the desire to want to give you that motherly love, you know, want to be there and hold you and, you know, walk into any situation, guns a-blazing, you know, helping in any way I can. So as a best friend with someone who just experienced, which I knew and know, I know, you know, it's a tremendous loss something that no one wanted to imagine could happen. It was just, all right, where, where, where's the start point for navigation? What do I need to bring? What do I need to do? To figure that out, it took a little bit of, okay, what situation am I going to walk into? What, what state are you going to walk into? What, what can I bring that'll actually be helpful, mm. be sentimental, what can I do that'll actually bring value to this hmm. devastating situation hmm. to bring aid? So your first initial reaction was, A, I got to go to New York. I got to go. see her. I want to physically be there. Yes. And then number two, what can I bring? Bring, but more in the sense of how can I be helpful? Okay. Like, where can I help? Okay. So you get here, you fly in. What were you expecting versus what you saw? So you come to my house. You came, what, a couple days after? Yeah, I think I flew in. He passed on Monday. I think I was here. I was here the day of his mass. I flew in that day, which I think was that Saturday. The week, yes. Which I think was Saturday. Yeah. So some time had gone by. 
I think, so on the way here, okay. I was imagining all types of scenarios. I mean, it wasn't the time and place for me to be texting, what state of mind are you in? I kind of just had to come up. I knew you were going to be devastated. I didn't know if I was going to walk in, blacked out house, you know, dishes in the sink, lawn. You know, I didn't know what was going to go on. I came in, you had a whole army in here. I was like so relieved to see that and I knew that you weren't going to be all by yourself but I was just so relieved to see so many people and and just the environment around was so loving Mm. and supportive you know obviously still wrecked with devastation Mm. but definitely not exactly what I was fully expecting to walk into which was a positive surprise so you heard me kind of break down from my point of view what that all looked like for me you know I kind of tried to break down what was going on in my head and I guess I almost want like you to tell me if you feel like I did a good job and that was accurate information of like how I was navigating for sure I think when you were talking about survival mode and just not fully being aware and kind of being in your head trying to process things showing up for other people I could definitely see that when I came through the door. Do you remember your first conversation when you came in the door with me? Yeah, well, I... Because I don't. I'm like, wait, no, what are we okay. talking about? So, uh, I Ubered here from the airport, uh, which is untypical. Caitlin's an amazing friend and always picks me up. I love Night you. in shining armor. I love you. So, I Ubered here. Uh, I did make a pit stop at Build-A-Bear to... Uh, I get... love the bear. I did. <laughs> um, it was just to get it really re-sewn up, the whole thing, but... So I come in, I got all my bags, okay. you know, the door's unlocked, which is like okay. very rare for this rare household. Occasion. Like that is not a normal thing. Usually it's like locked. Brooklyn, New shut. York shit is locked. It is locked. Yeah. Um, it was not locked though. <laughs> so open the door. Come storming in. Yeah. And for those who don't know her house, uh, she lives in a three-story townhome. So the first story is like an entryway <laughs> and then there's another staircase up uh, to the top. Yeah. So did you walk in? You're like, oh, there's a well, stairs. There's... Gotta make my yeah. way up. <laughs> I think there was like someone in the doorway. I mean, okay. again, my People mission, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. My mission was like, where is she? Yeah. Like, we gotta go. I think I'm running late, so she's running late. It's a very important, important day. Um, so I like, you know, drop everything, run upstairs, and you know, you're in the bathroom. You got, um, I think Audrey and Meg are helping you with your My makeup hair. and hair, and you're just staring in the mirror. And I'm like, okay, well, she's, she's getting, getting dressed, she's getting... pampered. This is good news. Yeah. You know, I saw your mom. Obviously, gave her like a massive hug because. Gotta get to my mom's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I just remember just seeing you, and there was there there are no words in that moment. So I just gave you a big hug, and you know you looked at me and said, "Are you ready to go to his family's house?" And I was like, "Let's go." Hmm. And I just remember you know holding your hand and just saying, "Fuck." Yeah, that's this all you could say. Sucks. Fuck. Like, fuck this. That was it. I mean... That's it. That I'm sorry. All that. I mean, that's just... That's not it. I mean, one thing with facing a loss is you have to face the reality of it. And Which is like, admit, this fucking sucks. This... It sucks. Yeah. It really... It, it does. It still does. You know, I, I wish on anything that he was here. He was such an amazing person and deserved life and mm. deserved to beat cancer. And... So, me and you... We're driving to his house. Now I said, you ready to go? Yeah. What's going on in the car? How am I 
Well, See, for you, what what are you thinking in your head? Like, what do you do you remember? Well, I remember again, just like with you now, I'm, I'm even more like, oh my God, how's this family going to be? Mm. If, you know, now this is a reverse role. This is mm. a mother who lost her son, a father who lost her son, a brother who lost a brother. You know, like this is that nuclear family mm. for sure. So I remember we pulled up to the house. Everyone's outside. We're getting ready to go over to the mass for like the family viewing, which I felt so honored that you even wanted me there for that moment. And Obviously, you know, I had a, you know, that I get along. I, we have a good relationship with this family. I love his family. We make sauce together. Oh, my God. I'm like the long distance cousin <laughs> you from Florida. Are. You are. So I just remember being at moment and just feeling the pain, you know, coming from myself, coming from all of his, all of his family, his girl, I mean, his love of his life. And just giving everyone a hug because mm-hmm. that's all I could do in that moment. That was the best thing that I could have, in my, in at least my view, that I could have given to anybody was just that, that, that being held. I feel like everybody has a hard time with that first initial, what do I do when I face that person that just had that tremendous loss? What is your advice to that? Just embrace them? Physical touch is always going to be amazing. But not everybody and loves physical touch. Not everyone does. But in, in moments of loss, mm. most people do. Mm. I agree. You know? And obviously, if I they, agree. like, push you off, like, Then yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. What I did, look, I mean, just as who I was, just straight in the eye. I can't even, you know, I'm, say how you feel. You know, how you feel. And in the moment, how I felt was, I can't believe this happened. You know, I, I love you. I'm sorry. You know, I... I feel devastated like you. Were you nervous that, like, you were going to say the wrong things? Yes. When my Kind of my prep, my mental preparation before getting here, I really wanted to make sure that I was not putting my grief strategies onto you all. Mm. First and foremost, because I'm long, long distance. Mm. And the way I dealt with grief was very, a, a very positive outlook. Mm. And I don't know how you all deal with grief. So I didn't want to take the way I handle it onto you. So the best thing I could do was just acknowledge how tremendous the loss was and my own feelings about it, which was that I was devastated. And that's what I did. And I was actually taken back and like surprised by how positive you all were I mean how obviously everyone's devastated but just how put together everyone was and maybe again that's because I came in at you know a later point in that week but I was just you know I was relieved to see I'm just thinking like I'm trying to just remember everything and you and I you spent the first I guess two, three weeks with me. No, no, no. It was like a week, right? That yeah. first solid week. I, I think I was here just under a week. So okay. I came in Saturday and I think I left like Thursday. Well, you spent that first week with me without Amir. Yes, I did. And I just like, I can't believe how much you saved my life. 
<laughs> I mean it. And it's like, I almost, and the reason why I'm making sure that that's known is because I really think that there's value to give to people that are listening to this right now because there were a lot of really good things that you did to help. And I, and there's one that comes to mind. There was so, I guess it was the physical touch for me. And it's weird because I'm not a physical touchy person. No, you're not. And all I wanted was to just be embraced and hugged. I wanted to feel safe because like my outer environment was so not safe. I felt just scared of my own shadow and you made me feel so protected i don't know if it was it was definitely the physical touch but the things that you were saying like do you remember some of the things that you were reminding me because i i can't i remember some things like just saying like listen like everything that you're feeling is valid and like i kept remembering like asking like do you think i'll ever be okay again and you're like i promise like you know do you remember some of the things that you were saying that kind of helped yes I'm trying to, like, wrap my brain back around all this. Of course. You know, it's, again, the very painful area of your life. It's not always the easiest to really get back into, like, the nitty-gritty on all the little... And all the very, like, specific details. So I was... My approach was to be as honest as possible. Mm, I remember that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. To be as honest as possible about my feelings. Yep. About... I remember this. Yeah. I remember, like, asking you questions, like, I can't remember, but I remember you giving me the real, hey, you're not going to be okay, right? Like, hey, this is going to suck. Like, and I remember, like, you think that the, like, for me personally, like, you would think the person doesn't want to hear it, but I was, like, so happy because I knew that because you were telling the truth, you know, when I ask those questions, I feel like deep down I know the answers to them. Like, one day... I am going to be okay again. Like, deep, 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 deep down, you know there's some possible way that one day you'll see the light. But in that moment, like, you were just telling me all the real truth. And I I think that's that's really important. I think everybody tries to sugarcoat thing to to tell people what they want to hear. And that's what it is. And that's what I didn't want to do coming in. I didn't want to sugarcoat everything. Because then I realized I could trust you. I'm like, oh, so she's going to tell me the truth. Let's talk some more. I wanted to be real. I wanted to be real about the significance. Yeah. Real about the process. And, you know, I I remember specifically when it came to you, you know, you were saying, Julie, like, am I ever going to live again? Am Mm. I going to be able to do this? Mm. And I just remember, and it broke my heart to say it because I didn't want to be so blamed because it hurts like it hurts to even say it now but yeah it's gonna fucking suck like you are literally going to have days when you wake up and you're gonna just remember him bringing coffee and that's not gonna be the case anymore and you are gonna get way more down from here like this week has been crazy, but you've been filled with chaos, yep. filled with people. People that are distracting you. You kept saying that to me, too. And I remember saying to you, at that time, you refused to be alone. And I remember before I left, I said to myself, I go, I'm going to have to wake this girl up and tell mm-hmm. her that the way this is and these people that are, I don't want to call them people, that was, yeah. these friends that are here, these the support network that you have that is here is amazing and it's so great that you have this now but this isn't going to be this isn't forever reality. yeah and you are going to have to face that demon of sleeping alone being alone 
waking up and building a new routine without this person and all of those moments and more that I can't even think of in this time laying in bed next to you Mm. is going to be the worst. Do you remember I was doing like a bath bomb? I do. What was that about? I'm getting a flashback right now. <laughs> yeah, so... Did you bring it? No, you had it. I, I had a bath it. bomb. Yeah, you got it. Because me gift. and you took a bath in bathing suits. We did. So, when I showed up, okay. you had many friends here, which I was very happy to see because yeah. I love all of them. They're all amazing people. And I, we have this thing. We, we like to have moments where it's just us. Yeah. And I do remember when I came in, you came to me and said... I really want to find a moment this weekend where it can just be us. I feel Mm. like I needed to. Because I also feel, looking back and reflecting and from what you've told me, that it was overwhelming to have so many people. Mm. And I think, too, being an outsider, you know, being just who you are in nature, people want to be close to you, be around you, especially in a moment of of absolute devastation. I mean, as a friend it's comforting to be there for a friend so I remember we finally got that moment where it was just us I think it was just us I could be wrong but no I think it was too. I think the it was just bomb. us yeah and you looked at me and I go you know what I found the bath bomb I love you and I go held it up <laughs> sold it I get on your swim tub right now <laughs> yeah. let's go fill it up yeah and we sat in there and you know we cried we laughed and we just really talked deeply about the battle. So was I was, very, from the get, talking this through with you. You remember that, because I don't. Yeah. I, okay. Asking, I mean, you've always been very quizzical. True. You love to ask questions. Right. And That's why I'm loving this right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah. And you also, as and which is great, because you love to you know, obviously give advice and share mm. things with other people, but you also love to receive advice. I do. You're very great at that. And I think you wanted to hear from people about their perspectives. And I just wanted to make sure that I was giving you the truth when mm. you were asking me things. Do you feel like the activities that you were like setting up for us? Cause I know we went to like the smash room. We like did. these kind of things were helping me. Yeah. So my mission when I came okay. was I want to help in any way I can, emotionally, physically, hugs, you know. I was right. Re- I was prepared to get in here, cook, clean, you know, I was ready whatever to start mopping the floor. Whatever it meant to do, I was here. So for the couple of days I had before I came, I was doing, like, some big research. I'm like, mm. I knew you loved to journal mm-hmm. and you loved to read. So I think I actually got you your first journal. I think you did, too. You did, when you did the show. I got oh, you. yes, you did. I put you on. You did put me on. But it's great, and I knew you would be amazing at it, and you would love it because you're very manifestation like that. So when this came up, I was like, this is a great opportunity to do a grief journal. So mm-hmm. I did research on, like, the best one. So I brought that because I'm like, this will help her when I'm gone, and I can't mm-hmm. be here physically all the time. I brought the teddy bear, so you always have something to cuddle yeah. and touch. And then when I got here, I was like, okay, we need to set up things to do because there's things that... I want, at least for maybe even my own comfort, I just want to be able to give this to her in this time. So one thing I thought about was a rage room because I knew that there was anger inside of you because there was anger inside of me, you know? I was mad. You know, this person, I I mean, I'm not going to front here and say I was his best friend by any means, but I still loved him. I mean, of course. And 
there was anger in me because what happened to him, he didn't deserve. Not even in the slightest. And I knew if I had anger, you must be pissed the the fuck off. So I was like, what's better than smashing a bunch of printers Mm. and baseball bats? There's no, even when I'm like really sad, I get angry sometimes the way I start my tears to get flowing, I break something. So I'm like, not all the time. Right, but, right, right. you know. Yeah. So I set up the rage room and we did it with a couple of your good friends. And I was just really hoping it had the effect that I was going for. And I think it did. I think at first you were scared to release the anger. I could notice it because I went in there bats a swing in. I was You were going to take a bat. I was like. Yeah. It's not the cheapest <laughs> thing to do, so I was like, let me get my money. Not that I was counting pennies in this week. No, at all, no, no. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah, so, but <laughs> yeah. I went in ready. And plus, I wanted to set a good example. Like, yeah. come on. Like, no one's judging you here. This is judge-free zone. Yeah. And I think towards, as, and I, I was kind of trying to coach you into it. I'm like, all right, Caitlin, here's the printer. Get in there with that bat, and I just want you to scream. Yeah. And by the end, you were screaming. I was screaming. You were screaming. And it was just, <laughs> you need to release those emotions. Yeah. That was something that, um, when I was going through my personal grief experience, that a lot of people had fear that I wasn't expressing the emotions that were inside of me. Mm-hmm. I was bottling them up. And so at a, at a time in my life, I had to release that and it needed to be in a healthy way. And so I was wanting to guide you there too, but you didn't even need the guidance because you were, go. you did every, I've never seen someone experience something so devastating and go about it in such a healthy way. I mean, people around us were drinking, doing True. other things. You were sober Sally <laughs> in it for real. And I was not playing. I'm like, I'm not suppressing this shit. No, you weren't. You weren't. Yeah. And you know, that in itself is strength beyond belief. My overall question to you is, and I also would a statement. My statement is, thank you for being seriously an amazing friend. Do you have advice? Because I think that you really deserve to give the advice. If there's anyone that really embodies an ideal best friend for someone that's going through, maybe, you know, you have a best friend that's grieving someone. Like, do you have advice on how to just show up for that person as best as you can? What I would say is the best thing is to be there in the way you think would fit them best. So in this case, even though I know that you're not the biggest physical touch person, I knew that that was something that would be comforting. Mm. So showing up in that sense of being there morally, spiritually and physically is the best obviously if you can't get there physically well you know do what you can but that's obviously (laughs) very important in this but just be very thoughtful about how you go about things and be honest and that was really I think the most impactful thing from what I'm hearing from your side of it too was just the fact I was honest and I didn't sugarcoat and I didn't pretend and it was real And I wanted to make sure that the comfort I was giving in that time was and is real. Mm. Everything that Mm. I brought and I did and I said, I did so with intention. I did so with love in my heart. And I think that you were kind of like moving in the moment, like just observing, doing. Oh, she might need this right now, doing. Like you were just in the moment. You're present, very present. 
Thank very, you. Very present and making sure not to overstep. Mm. This, it wasn't about me mm. and my interaction. Nothing, honestly, nothing the fuck to do with you as a best friend. Right. It has everything to do with the, with who the loss touches the most. True. And in this case, obviously his family, you, and his dearest friends, and people who are in his life every single day. day. So for me, my mission was show up first and foremost for you, and then for them too. Mm. And when you when you see your person that you're showing up for, number one, is being shown up for by, with others going around like in that environment, mm-hmm. I was showing up for anybody I could. Mm. You know, hugging the friends, you know, getting his mom water, whatever you can do in the moment. Be present, be observant, and do everything with honesty, intention, and love. I love you. Thank you I so much. I love you so much for being here. Coming on, my first girst. I'm so blessed. You Thank amazing. you. I love you. I love you too.